Hey there, trailblazing women. Mark your calendars for the Women Thrive Summit, happening March 18th to the 22nd, 2024. Join us for five empowering days of inspiration, connection, and growth. Unlock your potential with workshops led by industry leaders, panel discussions, and networking opportunities. Don't miss this chance to amplify your voice and thrive together. Visit womenthrivesummit.com to grab your tickets today. That's womenthrivesummit.com. Welcome to today's episode with our special guest, Catherine Bordino. My name is Ramonda Jan and I am the founder of the Women in Business community. And today on the Inspiring Women Stories, we have a truly incredible interview with our special guest, Catherine. Catherine, welcome to the show. Thank you so much. Very exciting. Thank you so much, Ramonda, for the opportunity. Um, I am excited to be speaking to you today and sharing with our audience your incredible story. Now, recently you have just published a book, um, Stepping Into My Shoes, and I'm excited to explore a little bit more behind your story of how you broke the glass ceiling in the corporate world in the 80s, how you've been part of truly pioneering industries in your lifetime, in your career, but I know it hasn't always been so easy for you to break through the glass ceiling and achieve what you have done. So for those of you who don't know about Ms. Uh, Dr. Catherine Bordino, she offers coaching services to ambitious executives, helping navigate their way in the corporate jungle and realize their full potential. As someone who broke the glass ceiling in the 80s in the corporate world, Catherine knows just what it takes to succeed in a demanding career and challenge the status quo. She was never afraid to ask the difficult questions. And in fact, she has been hired for a job that never existed. And she was able to actually create a role for herself. Now, today, Catherine coaches executives, um, business owners, and also helps for those who want to break through into new career and ask for more. Catherine, I'm excited to have you here today. <laughs> Thank you. What a wonderful ambassador you are. Thank you so much. I <laughs> know oh, we've got a lot to cover today, but in your own words, I would love for you to just describe your journey in a few sentences, where, where you have come from and where you are today. Thank you. Well, um, first and foremost, I was brought up here in London, uh, French parents who deliberately put themselves in exile from their own families in, in, in France. Um, they were both extremely authoritative and authoritarian, but ultimately it's what made me. It took me some while to discover that. And I think like, you know, I'm at this advanced stage now when I can go back and reflect, and the book has helped in that self-reflection as well. But it's made me who I am. From a very early age, I discovered that I had to negotiate everything. Uh, was it, I mean, in the household, the French household, my parents' household, I'm an only child, by the way, you know, it was negotiating access to the kitchen. Um, after that, it became uh, coming up with a baccalauréat, which is the French uh, exam, uh, diploma, and going to see the heads of professors and professors of departments in an English university, 
in the 70s to tell them and show them very politely that, in fact, my baccalaureate was as good, at least, as their A-levels in a polite, affirmative way to get a, situ- to get a post. Um, and, and it's just carried on ever since then. So, yes, so that's why I guess I'm not afraid to ask. I teach my clients that, um, how to ask and how to word that um, request soundly, whether it's a request for a pay rise, whether it's a request for a promotion, whatever. Mm, and I feel like this, these difficult situations in your life has really put you on the path of being more demanding and being, being more assertive, which mm-hmm. sometimes women particularly find it difficult. Do you feel like this was one of the things that helped you through in your career and especially being in working in a male-dominated industry as well? Yes, absolutely. But also the other thing is, which I've only really discovered in the last few weeks, is being assertive but still being polite, still having manners. So there is often a misconception that when a woman asserts herself that she's cocky and she's ambitious, she's overly ambitious, etc. She's boasting and whatever, which the same sentences from a man are not viewed that way. Um, and it's in the book. Um, but I have found that actually what helped me, I think, was that I might have been making these assertive statements, but I was doing them with with manners and with respect for the other person. Yeah, I think it goes a long way, whether mm. it's in a job or in business, to have mm. great manners and to respect people around you. As you do. Thank you. (laughs) Um, So, Catherine, you wrote a book, Stepping Into My Shoes, which is right behind you for those who are watching this on video. Why Stepping Into Your Shoes? And what's the book about? Okay. Well, uh, firstly, in order to write this book, I myself, who am a coach, I hired a writing coach. So even coaches need coaching. So I hired this writing coach, who's a woman, and I said to her, I think I'm going to call it Lessons Learned. She created a very long face, and she said, not sexy enough. And um, ultimately, overnight, my best ideas always come at about four o'clock in the morning. I thought stepping into my shoes, I'm, I'm well known for my shoes. They're mainly high heeled. And I appeared in the Daily Mail in a picture with over 100 of my own shoes. Um, So I thought, yeah, stepping into my shoes, because what I want, the the reader is very much involved in the book from the start. I talk to the reader. I want the reader to step into my shoes and to view my experiences um, as if they were there. And what better than to step into my shoes, to see things from my specific perspective. So why the book? Well, for a long time, I've had an interesting life. There's no question about it, you know, appeared in the first reality television program, broke the glass ceiling, and yeah, 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 and on and on and on. But I didn't think anybody would be interested in my biography, and quite rightly so as well. But what I've used is um, 
is I've used my experience, my corporate experiences as ways of addressing subjects like imposter syndrome, mm. like uh, how to ask for that promotion, how to maybe use humor in certain situations to diffuse a tense situ- uh, environment. So, and it seems that people like that. So it, it's not a sort of like book where I'm writing about imposter syndrome or I'm writing about Catherine. I'm writing about Catherine in certain situations to help the reader understand what it's about. Yeah. And I love that those learnings because every time we got to, you know, have you in through our events or our virtual meetings, you always offer so much advice, so much value to the audience and using your stories, which a lot of the times are anecdotes, you know, things that was funny in your life that taught you lessons. Sure, if you have a story that you can just recall, some kind of funny story that happened and that actually taught you a lesson. Well, it was funny when, when, um, so I was hired, um, so I was hired on television in the first reality television program. And it was a program about headhunting firm Corn Ferry, finding a mandate, introducing three of the candidates of which I was one, the other two were men. And uh, the employee employer was one Robert Maxwell. Um, I'm sure a lot of your uh, audience today won't know who he was, but he was the owner of the Daily Mirror. And if you think Rupert Murdoch, he was his counterpart uh, these days, including being a shareholder in um, in uh, several television, MTV, for instance, television programs, um, networks. Anyhow, so I'm dealing with this man, this very big man who speaks in a very deep voice and who frightens most people. And he's very media conscious and he's aware the camera's there. And and he startly starts talking to me in French. He obviously wants to show the audience that, you know, he's, he can speak French. And he did. He was multilingual. He was an amazing guy in many respects, as well as being a bully. Anyhow, so I just turned around and said to him, vous avez un très bon accent, you have a very good accent. Uh, and that stopped him blind. You know, it's just he didn't know what to say anymore. This little person here had suddenly got him speechless. Um, and uh, all he could do was preen to the camera, you know, as if like, oh, you know, I've got a good accent. How wonderful. But I suppose that what that also that anecdote shows is how you can, how would I say, de-electrify a certain situation, turn it round and turn it into your to your advantage. Yeah, sort of de-escalate. Yeah, de-escalate without preening. Yeah, yeah. I love that. <laughs> You share many stories in in your book. Some are very personal. Some about your 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 uh, parents and your husband. There are many many lessons to be learned from you, and I really have enjoyed it. So, if anyone wants to grab a copy of your book, I definitely recommend stepping into my shoes. Um, go go onto your website, I believe. Um, that's right. So. 
I know that your childhood wasn't the easiest and your parents were quite strict and at times didn't really give you the encouragement and made you kind of negotiate negotiate your way through. And in your book, you cover the topic of imposter syndrome. How do you think your experience helped you um, kind of break through or how were you able to break through that imposter syndrome without having to kind of please people um, in your career further down the line? Because I feel like a lot of women fall into that trap of pleasing people because of that imposter syndrome. Yes. um, It takes time. It takes time. It takes work. And I thoroughly encourage anybody who is suffering from imposter syndrome to work it out with a friend or a coach. And, but if that friend is a friend, it has to be a neutral friend. Um, it's a neutral friend. That's very, very important. Um, it takes a lot of time. And depending on how you look at it, um, some people say you should embrace that little voice. Other people say um, that you should just shut it out. I think the answer is to be aware of it and to question it and to question it in an impartial fashion. You know, we do achieve things. Let's recognize our achievements. They're not all accidents. They're not all luck. We sometimes make our own luck as well. Yes. And I think our brain is wired in such a way where we tend to focus so much on the negative and not celebrate enough of the positive. So if you've done 100 great, amazing and successful things, the one bad thing that may have happened to you will play such a much bigger part in your memory and your brain is because of bad experience you have had. So it becomes much more prominent. Mm. I mean, I am. Um... And also not to be reliant on other people's opinion of you. Um, So I'm more and more, I finished the book on that note, um, going from forgetting self-esteem in in favor of self-worth and recognizing what you are worth. Um, You know, all your, how do I say, faults and all, you know, whatever they are. It doesn't matter. They're part of you and they're okay. Because they make you who you are. Yeah. And and then also to be as kind to yourself as you would be to your best friend. We are far too hard on ourselves very often. And it's very difficult to have that, to achieve that compassion for oneself. Mm. I feel like, you know, no one is perfect. No. And we're trying to live up to this vision of ourselves that has to be perfect and be so demanding of ourselves. So I think if we just have more realistic approach that no one is actually perfect and you can still love yourself and embrace yourself despite mistakes. And surely everyone makes mistakes. Do you feel like... And and, and not just that. Um, I think it's a redefinition of what success is. Mm. Success is not perfection. Success is success. It's not perfection. When do you think, and this is a question I actually enjoy asking people (laughs) who have achieved a certain level of success and I guess 
people see them as successful, but when do you feel like you have realized that you have achieved your success or what did that mean for you? Frankly, I went through life really a bit blindly. And it's only in the last maybe 10 years that uh, people have said to me, well, my God, you did this. Do you realize you did this? And I wasn't even thinking of it as a success or as anything. I didn't put a term to it. I didn't put a value to it either. It's just what I did. Um, But I'm lucky enough to have friends around me who've been able to uh, point out these things that actually, you know, that was pretty pioneering. <laughs> <laughs> well, certainly when I'm reading your book, I'm like, oh my God, no way, Catherine, you did that. Like talking about the business that you set up and solar panels, which at that time was yeah. not something very common at all. And you were talking about solar panel parks that you were initiating. Yes, in Italy in 1990. Wow. Um, so, yeah, very nascent. And before that, something which is completely out of fashion now, but used every day without any awareness, which was video conferencing. Video conferencing in the late 80s involved a massive piece of furniture, which could only be in the boardroom, um, cables that went from one end to another of the world. Uh, it's nothing like what we use nowadays in Zoom and Friends and Teams. You know, it's just, it's another world altogether. But I was a pioneer in that. Wow. It's pretty amazing to to hear and to hear how visionary you were at that time. What challenges do you, do you think you faced along the way um, that you have been able to overcome what were the difficult things at that time? Obviously, being a pioneer is it's not it's not an easy road to to choose. Well, it's explaining people to people what things are, and that's why, for instance, when I was at Maxwell, I said I wanted to be CEO. Uh, although I was running the company, I had no title, and I wanted to be uh, branded as chief executive because I wanted to be able to speak to other CEOs of companies about the service that we were offering. And of course, not being the techie person, I was able to explain to them what video conferencing did in a manner that was understandable to them, but also because they were the CEO, uh, they could create the budget for it. Whereas the tech person talking to the tech person would be talking techie. And then the techie person would have to go up to the CEO and say, please, can I have a budget for this? And then it would go on. It's much easier, top to down. So I think if I, by the way, if I had um, one of my giveaways, I suppose, from today would be actually to say people to people who want to, um, I'll use the word sell because I can't really think of another word at the moment, but to sell a concept that is go right at the top of the chain and work your way down. And it sounds like you had it all figured out in terms of going right to the top and claiming that position, which a lot of people, again, dealing with that imposter syndrome or self-worth could find it quite challenging to ask for more, ask Mm -hmm. for that position, ask for that pay and go at that level of reaching out to other executives and not feel a way about it. 
What helped you do that? Well, I think, strangely enough, being an only child, I was surrounded by adults. So I was always surrounded by people who were bigger than me. Yes. And, and so I got quite used to talking to people who were at a higher level to me. And then I learned equally not to be a child with them. And and my my other takeaway alongside this message about, you know, how to deal with a CEO, talk to them as a peer, not as a servant. Mm-hmm. And and they will talk to you as a peer as well. You'd be surprised. Yeah. Because ultimately, whether you're in a position, um, in an executive position or in a corporate environment or you own your own business, ultimately you're there to give value. Mm-hmm. And if you see yourself at the same level where you, I am here to give you value mm-hmm. and I'm not here to just ask from you, mm-hmm. I think mm-hmm. there's a different level of respect. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Well said. Beautifully said, actually. <laughs> Can I put that in my next book? <laughs> <laughs> Catherine, is there another book coming? <laughs> there is. I didn't think there would be, you know. Um, being a French origin, it, it pleased my very um, ironic sense of humour to have the launch of my book on the 14th of July, which is Bastille Day. And so only a, a few weeks away uh, from now, I mean, weeks ago. And um, I thought, and I was... Uh, question about it I said no I'm not writing another book I'm not writing another book it's quite enough at the moment thank you very much I'm just recovering and I have to admit about two weeks ago my hand was attracted to the typewriter and um, there is another book in the making very much along the lines of we've what we discussed about assertiveness and um, manners and how to make yourself heard Mm, wow I love that just before we wrap up I have a few more questions so we can just give value to our listener and I know you want to reach people who are ambitious who want a little bit more from life or their corporate careers or just careers in general so what main advice would you give to someone maybe just starting out and feeling a bit okay am I good enough for this should I go for this? Um, just feeling like, okay, I could do with a little bit of advice from you, Catherine. <laughs> I think the answer is keep on going. Keep on going. And um, just have faith in yourself and and your concept and keep on going. Yeah. How can someone replicate a similar level of success as you have? Hopefully reading my book and listening to me. <laughs> Uh, There's a a wonderful man, uh, Roger uh, Steer, who's quoted in my book, and he says that really a leader has to have three hums, humanity, humor, and humility. And I find that so powerful. Roger was kind enough to write the um, prelude to my book. I mean, I just find that so, so powerful. And if anybody can harm arm themselves with the three hums, I think they're well on their way. So just repeat those again. Humility, humanity, and humor. 
What is humanity? I think it's it goes back a bit to the point we just made, and it's a really good question. Humanity to me is respecting other people, and it's um, showing respect, it's showing manners, and always having a concern for the other person's maybe opinions, taste, belief, yeah. having in, an interest in the other. Mm. I think it's so important to have the right values in business and life. And that's part of it, you know, because ultimately our values shape not only our businesses, but our relationships as well. And if we have solid and the right values to lean on every time we create a connection with someone, those connections will become much more solid and long lasting. Indeed, when I have clients who want to do um, a career change, for instance, and literally do what I've done because I've worked in so many different industries, um, look at what their values are to see if this, this other job this other area of uh, industry is going to fit with their values. And if it doesn't, I strongly advise them to go in a different direction. Mm, I love that. That's so important to stand in your values and also recognize when the client is the right fit for you and when they're not. Mm -hmm. So who do you mainly work with? And is there anyone's, anyone's life that you have particularly touched? Well, I, um, I, um, obviously there are certain people who don't want to say that they've ever been through coaching because they see it as a sign of weakness. I don't. Um, I see it as a sign of strength, um, having that humility to know that you need help, that there's something you can't do for yourself, but it's not always the case. My ideal client really is an ambitious executive who wants to go further and who's not sure how to do that, who needs the communication skills, confidence to get there. And that's what I love doing. So I help a lot of people transition, um, including um, people who were in the army, for instance, transition into civil uh, life, which is a big, big change, bigger than one can imagine. Um, but people who might be a lawyer today and who want to open a restaurant tomorrow, you know, burnt out. Or, or as I said earlier, very young, aspiring, hungry executives. Yeah. Amazing. I love that. So, Catherine, if people wanted to get in touch with you or grab the copy of your book, how would they do that? Well, so there's the conventional route, which is obviously Amazon. But if they've got any ounce of savviness in them, they'll go to my website, which is www.drcatherinecoaching/book, and they can get it more or less at half price. Oh wow, amazing! Well, I've got mine as a signed copy yes. <laughs> because I was clever enough to opt in for that option, and yeah. it arrived literally within days. So thank you so much, Catherine. I'm halfway through it. And every time I read it, I could hear your voice and it has given me giggles and aha moments and just a lot of interesting perspectives, getting to know you as an individual and actually starting to understand why you have been able to 
break through glass ceilings and challenge people in um, those, you know, big environments where a lot of people would be more timid. And I think in life, if you do want to be successful, the best way to reach success is by studying other people, by learning their journeys, what helped them get to where they are today. So if you're someone who's listening to this episode, you maybe feel inspired by Catherine's story, but her achievements, her level of success, I encourage you to connect with her, grab a copy of her book and study successful people whose footsteps you want to follow in and what a better way than stepping into my shoes by dr uh catherine bordina um book and also of course coaching in the future thank you thank you so much so so enjoyable and um such a pleasure to talk to somebody who gets you and you get people i know that because i've watched you in other scenarios and i'm a great admirer of yours as you know so thank you so much Thank you. It's been amazing. I value our connection and our friendship. You have been so amazing and so kind within our community and always there to support other people and share your experience, your knowledge. And I think that's that's so admirable for someone who is in your position, who has achieved so much. You always have time for people. And that for me is a super admirable trait to have and just someone that you want to be connected with. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you, Ramonda. Really, thanks. I appreciate your time. And for all of you listening, if you feel inspired by today's episode, please do make sure you share this episode, leave us a review, or also check out Dr. Catherine's links below in the show notes. Really appreciate that. Um, grab a copy of her book. I know you're going to be enjoying this and check out other episodes. We have many other episodes from the past and also coming in the near future as well of inspiring women's stories. This is a place where you can be inspired to change your life, to take that next step in your career, in your business, in your life, and just see what other amazing things other women have achieved in their lives and how they did it. So I hope this was inspiring for you and I look forward to seeing you on another episode. Catherine, thank you so much for today. Thank you. Thank you.